Yeah, so I thought it might be interesting to spend some time looking at these kinds of agadot for, methodolo for methodological reasons to kind of consider how these agadot are different from or might be have to have to approach them differently than story agadot, what the right way to approach them is, and uh, and just to have an experience with a little bit of a different flavor. So on, on Dav Zayin, if you could turn there, Dav Zayin Amud Aleph, there's a whole series of agadot here. And they're very interesting. I'm not gonna claim that I cracked the code of all these agadot or that I know what the common theme is or anything like that, or if there is one, I don't know. I just know that when I was looking for agadot, what I did was I opened En Yaakov. I hope everybody knows what En Yaakov is. Um, it's just the, uh, it's the opposite of the riff. It's basically just the Agadot of the Gemara without the, without the Halakha. So I wanted to find where the Agadot concentrated in the first Perek, because I knew where they were. I knew they were in there, but I wanted to find, uh, and it looked like some nice Agadot to think about, things that would be interesting to think about. So, uh, um, so that's why I picked this, the, uh, this Amud. And uh, uh, right here where it says, there's one dot and it says Rava. Let's, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 lines from the top where there's a dot there. We'll start with a new thing, okay? Where it, uh, where it says Rava. Or actually, you know, if you want to do from the top, we can do from the top, but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't really like prepare. I just, uh, they jumped out of me. Let's start from the top. Um, okay. Gadol Yom The day of the rain is greater than the day of Triatamitim. The Ilu Triatamitim, the Tadikim, Vilu Gishamim, Ben the Tadikim, Ben Lachadoshaim. What do you make of that? So, this is an example of a philosophical agada. He's making a statement that's sort of a, sometimes they'll bring a pasuk to support the statement, which may or may not be literally connected to the statement, right? Here he's just making a statement. Triata metim is, is equal, or I'm sorry, is uh, the, the day of the Geshem is greater than Triata metim. Why would you even think to connect the day of Triata metim to the Geshem? It's in the Bachav Triyat Metim, right? It's in the Bachav Mechayem Right? So it's saying, he's saying that the Triyat Metim is what? Right, so you would assume that the reason why that there must be that if Mashiva Rochumoy the Geshem is mentioned in the Bracha in, in the Bachav of, of Mechayem Etim, they must be related. I mean, why else would they throw it in there? Right? Yeah, that's like, I think we just learned. Yeah. We just learned that that Etim was the water and the Right. So, right. So, so, so he's saying Yom Gishamim is greater than Tchiyata Metim. Why? Well, first of all, what's the connection between Geshem and Tchiyata Metim? I think we did mention it when we talked about Mashiva Ruach, 
a couple of days ago. But what, what's the connection between the two? The seed dies and then it's reborn by the water and the heat. Yeah. Right. So so Geshem revives the uh, revives nature basically, right? right? It revives nature. It 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 sustains nature. The cycle of creation is based on uh, is based on uh, uh, the rain cycle. The rain cycle and the seasons is what allows the regeneration, and then the uh, and then there's of course a death and a disintegration in the winter time. But then there's a regeneration that comes as a result of the April showers bring May flowers, right? As the old saying goes. So, and, uh, and I believe that, and I remember that uh, Rabbi Biton in his book about creation, he talked a lot about that, about the rain cycle and the relationship of the rain and the wind to the, uh, to the creation. Um, and so the, the idea of that there is, that Geshem sustains and uh, regenerates life from, uh, from the earth is definitely, I mean, it is pretty amazing you put a seed in a plant, a seed in the dirt, you pour water on it, and it like a plant grows out of there. It's pretty amazing. You know, it, it is a kind of because basically what, ha- what happens to the seed in the ground? You know what happens to the seed in the ground? It decays basically wow. in the ground, right? It decays. It, it's like falls apart and decays in the ground. It's like disintegrating in the ground. And then emerging from that is a plant. So... It is a kind of bringing forth life from what is dead. But why would that be greater than, than the Tchiyatamitim itself? Tchiyatamitim is only for Tzadikim. And the Geshem is for everybody. So what? Why does that make one better than the other one? Maybe I should say... Maybe it is constant and keeps happening. Tchiyatamitim is a one-time thing. I don't know how it works. Okay, yeah. So that, that, that I could have understood. But it says that no, the reason is because Triatametim is only for the Tzadikim. Maybe I could say that's even better because that's exclusive, you know? Triatametim is exclusive. It's only for the Tzadikim. And Geshem is for everyone. So it's uh, not so good. It's not exclusive. It's not VIP. It's everyone. Why can't I say that? I'll say the opposite of what Rabbi Abahu says. So what would you say? It's a little bit. Strengthening the difficulty, right? Because it seems like the more fundamental thing is right? Maybe Jews. The more the more fundamental thing is and Mashiva Ruach is embedded in that. So why is uh, why? So that again suggests that Chiyatametim is greater than uh, Geshem, not the other way, right? What's faulty about the reason? Why, why is it not enough? The reason seems pretty, pretty straightforward, just that it's a more, it benefits more people. Right. But I don't, don't want to benefit, I don't want to benefit the bad people. Oh. 
So I would say that's worse. I'm playing devil's advocate here just to have fun. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that that's worse because why would I want to benefit the bad people? Why does that make it better? Rabbi, where we learned that Tefgat Tzadikim is only for Tzadikim? In general, that's assumed. Tzadikim come back in Tchiat Amitim. It says it all, all over the place in the Gemara. They always say that. So why is the why, why is the Geshem better? Because it benefits bad people? I don't like bad people. Why would that make me think it's better? Make me think it's worse? So what's the answer? Well, you see, it's a machloke too, because it says, Upligad Rav Yosef. Nam Rav Yosef. Mitokshi shkula keneget hiatamitim. According to Rav Yosef, they're the same. And that's why it's in the Bachab Tchiatamitim, because it's the same. Not better. But why is it not worse? Why doesn't anybody say it's worse? Because it helps the Tzadikim, the, the Roshaim. I like that idea. Nobody says my idea. Geshem is worse. What do you say? What's the what's what's the measurement of greatness here that we're talking about anyway? Great in what way? In terms of how many people are being affected by it, not necessarily a higher moral value, but just something that affects more people is is as a measurement. It's greatness is measured by the fact that it reaches more people. That that um, seems to be what he's saying because that's what he said, right? Because he's saying that the fact that it reaches more people makes it. Uh, Makes it uh, greater. No, about that. I think more people. Maybe the concept that God is greater for giving rain that actually benefits the bad also, whereas it's not just people only doing it for the good people. Okay, that's easy to do, but let's get the good people back up. Is giving rain also okay? I'll benefit the bad people too. Like maybe from his perspective, it's greater. I don't know. Because he's Rachamav al Kol Maasav. Something like that. The question, the basic question of why, what the greatness is that's being measured is itself bothering me. Like, what does it mean that it's greater? Greater in what respect? Just because there's more recipients? That doesn't really seem to make something interesting. That's not a measurement of the greatness of a thing. I mean, what, why, is that, uh, why is that the measurement that more people benefit from it than, uh, so rain that falls on a larger continent is also better because there's more people. I mean, what, what's the... Uh, What's the uh, the measurement? Just the quantity of people benefiting? It seems strange. What is the significance of that? So I, I would suggest, and I don't know. Yeah. Like the ultimate good, finally. But in terms of civilization of the world, that's not the best thing. The best thing is in this world have a functioning world in this world, not to wait until the afterlife, the afterworld. It's greater to be focused on this world than to focus on Kiyatamiti, which is going to come in the future, like worry about today. Mm, something like that. Mm. Maybe the idea that Kiyatamiti isn't going to, it's a reward. It's not so much a sign. It's not going to show us or teach anything. Something teachable about it. 
Whereas Lane can be a source of inspiration, contemplation. Someone, Rasha, could see it and, you know, to change his life. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I, I don't know for sure, but I, something along the lines of what, what you've both all been saying, but uh, in, in uh, the Geshem is, see, the, the, an act of God that is, that is, uh, that sustains the entire system of creation is more significant than an act of God that, uh, in other words, it's not that the benefit to the wicked people makes it better. It doesn't mean that the more people benefit, the better it is, because that's not necessarily a measurement of a good, but uh, because bad people benefiting is, is not actually good. But what it means, I would say, is that um, Geshem fuels the system as a whole of creation. And that's similar to what both like what Moshe was saying, meaning it's it it keeps the 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 Masebreshit functioning, which of course allows both the wicked and the righteous to benefit. But what it does is basically it keeps the cycle of life in the broadest sense functioning. So therefore it has a universal function for the sustenance of the creation. It's not an isolated event in history, even though the mechanism, in other words, the mechanism, what is the similarity between the two? That something dead becomes alive. Rain brings forth life where there was death and, and, and there was winter and there was, you know, things where life was gone, life was terminated. And, and because the plant life is rejuvenated, that's actually what sustains human life because that's where we get our sustenance from, the animals get their sustenance from and so on. So it's a it's the it's the same mechanism of bringing life from dead matter, but the difference is that one sustains the totality of creation and therefore is part of the system of creation that is irrespective of the individual recipients. It's not so significant tzadikim and roshayim, whereas tchiyat ametim is a targeted miracle that has a limited scope. In other words, like you could say, it's a one-time event. Or you could say it's for Olam Haba, meaning it's a supernatural event that yet yeah, brings it, but it, which doesn't contribute. Like the Rambam says, for example, actually, like uh, the Rambam says that that whatever you know, speculating about the details of Mashiach's arrival or Tchiat Ametim is not really a benefit because there's nothing of fear or love of God to gain from reflecting on that. It's just an event that's going to happen in history that's going to be very important. But reflecting on the details of how it's going to happen is not that important. So Tchiyata Metim also. Tchiyata Metim is an isolated event in history or in, fu- in the future that will happen that uses the same mechanism of bringing life from death, but doesn't contribute to the functionality of the system of creation, which is where we see the hand of God on a daily basis, or we see the, the hand of God universally. It's a very limited utility, the Tchiyata Metim, because it only benefits the Tzadikim. Meaning it's only a Hashkacha Pratit. It's Hashkacha Pratit is what he's saying. He's saying because it's Hashkacha Pratit, it's limited in its value because Hashkacha Pratit is to help in a particular situation. As opposed to something that helps Tzadikim and Rishayim, it doesn't mean I'm happy because the Rishayim are benefiting. It means that the system as a whole is sustained. And when the system as a whole is sustained, everybody survives. So it's Ashkachak Klalit. 
That's, that's, I think, what he's saying. That makes so much sense, actually, now that when I think about it. Meaning, hashkacha klalit is more fundamental than hashkacha patit. Even when the same mechanism of bringing life from death is involved, hashkacha klalit is more fundamental. And even though we like, as religious people, we love hashkacha pratit because it's so exciting and supernatural and, uh, and, and religious-seeming, the reality is that hashkacha klalit is more fundamental and more meaningful. And we learn more from it. Like Jordan said, the Rasha will look at it and it will learn something, maybe even, you know. But then Rav Yosef says, no, they're equal, they're the same. We can't make a difference. Okay, what 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 is his point? So I mean the Rabbi Abahu seems to be right. And the uh the, the Hashkachak Lalit is so much more fundamental uh to our understanding of God and, and fundamental to the world. So how can it not be greater than Hashkachab Pratit? But Rav Yosef says, neither one is greater. They're both the same. So what, what is he saying? So I think this opens up the door to understand what he's saying. Maybe, you know, uh, we're sitting here speculating. Who knows? Rabbi Abba and Rav Yosef could both be laughing at us in Olam Abba right now, but well, that's okay. So but what's, the, what's the idea that I would suggest what it means is that Hashkachapatit um, and Hashkachaklalit have the same objective. So even though, meaning it's true that Hashkachaklalit is more fundamental to the to existence than Hashkachapatit, but in terms of their goal, the goal of both is the Kiddush Shem Hashem in the world. That the world is a vehicle for manifesting Kiddush Hashem and Yidiyat Hashem. And therefore, both of them work together. You can't really have Hashkachapatit without Hashkachaklalit, that's true, but Hashkachapatit contributes in an essential way, in a necessary way to the, uh, to the goal of Hashkachaklalit. So it doesn't make sense, Rav Yosef is saying, to try to say one is more important than the other, because at the end of the day, both of them are uh, furthering God's objective, just in different ways. One is in a targeted strike of targeted intervention. One is in a universal, but they're both designed to fulfill God's will in the world. So therefore you could say they're equal. Now this is Agada, which means that um, there doesn't have to be an answer, but um, the idea is to understand the perspectives. So if you were to try to put them on a, so according to Rabbi Abau, you could say Ashkachak Lalit is, more, is greater than Ashkachak Pratit. It's more significant because it's more fundamental. The whole system is based upon the rejuvenation cycle of the Geshem and Ashkachak Lalit. Or you could say that really it's, it's putting them on a, on a hierarchy of one being superior to the other is wrong because even though Ashkachak Lalit is more fundamental, the fact is that both of them are necessary for the divine purpose. So each one contributes in its own way to the divine purpose. And from this, from like, if you look at an orchestra, there's a uh, people playing violins and people playing cellos. And then there's the guy that has like the one drum that he hits like three times during the entire performance. And, you know, he just sits there the rest of the time and his tuxedo does nothing. Right. I, and, and he gets paid the same as everyone else. So the, so the, the point is that guy is still necessary, right? You can't say the guy's not necessary or the other people are more important because he's also necessary. You can't play the, can't play the symphony without that, that guy with the, that hits the drum three times. You know, and, and maybe that's what he means. Yeah. The distinction between the two, between the earlier, was that one benefits, so the team is both, so the team is 
So maybe for what Yavala was saying is they're the same in that they're both only benefiting the tzaddikim because uh, these ideas of uh, it's claiming if you're not aware of them, if a rasha is not aware of them, if he doesn't see the bracha and the rain as, uh, like a tzaddik does, then they're, they're both benefiting only the same, the same audience. Only the tzaddikim were benefiting in either case. So I like that. Lack, lack of, lack of nice. awareness. Okay. So you're saying that might be what Rabbi Yosef is saying, that in the end, the distinction is, uh, is uh, if you're looking at it from the perspective of the beneficiary, the one who benefits in the true way in terms of knowledge is really only the tzaddikim anyway. That, that's nice. I like that. That's, that's out my manadining me. That's good. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's a very Rambam uh, idea. So there, there you go. No, I think that makes sense. That, that's a good, that's good. Okay, so what's the next one? Um, and uh, I like this because this actually, this next one maybe fits with what you're saying, actually. Look at the next one. Amar Rav Yehuda, Gadol Yom HaGishamim Ki Yom Bo Torah. Now that seems to be saying like what you're saying, Jordan. That that seems to be like that idea. That the the the, the day of Geshem, right, is like the day of the giving of the Torah. My my teaching will rain down like rain, right? Like a storm. And uh Okay, so that means that the uh, that would be like in a, what, what Jordan is saying, that a person can either perceive the Shekhinah through the Geshem and God's sustaining of the creation in the Ashkachat Lalit, or through the Torah, through the, through the Matan Torah, the Gilui Shekhinah in Ashkachat Pratit of the giving of the Torah, and of course, the uh, the Mamad Har Sinai that demonstrated God's existence, and the Geshem that demonstrates our de- uh, that God's existence is uh, they're equal, right? One is from the perspective Ashkachak Lalit, one is perspective Ashkachapatit. In fact, you see that theme in uh, in a lot of Tehillim. For example, Lamanatzeh Mizbor LeDavid, Hashemayim Misaparim Kevod El. Right, it says that uh, Hashem's handiwork, the the, the heavens uh, speak of the glory of God. And then what does it say? Torah Hashem to me, Mam Meshivat Nafesh, Edut Hashem Nemana Machkimat Peti, Pigud Hashem Yisharim Esamachelev. Meaning, there's two ways a person perceives the greatness of God. One is the order of the nature, and one is the uh, the the uh, one is through the Torah. So the person can either see it through the teaching of the Torah, perceive the Malchut uh, Shamaim, or he sees it through the ongoing Hashkachak uh, Lalit. Of course, only Tzadikim are going to see that, like Jordan said. And then you can have another opinion, right? Ravamar Yoter. Uh, even more miyom shenitna bo Torah shenemar yarov kamatal lekhi min nitla bemi haveyomer katan nitla begadol. 
since you see that the Torah is compared to rain, that means rain is even more because when, when you want to say something is like something else, right? The, the object of the comparison is superior. So that means the giving of the Torah is being compared to rain. So that means rain is even more of a demonstration of God's presence than the, than the, giving, the day of the giving of the Torah. Because the day of the giving of the Torah was a one-time event which revealed Hashem's will to the world and has made his malchut manifest to the world. And of course, we return to that event and recall that event and connect to that event to continue experiencing that. But the rain that is a constant sustaining of and the constant cycle of the seasons that we observe with our own eyes on a regular basis, that is an even greater manifestation of the malchut Hashem because we see God's constant sus, sus, you know the sustaining of the uh, of the creation through the cycle of the weather right interesting okay what do you think of this is this is this going back to the starting point of the like we started off in a place that right it seems like a very similar uh, setup because the first one said these two are equal and then said no 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 this one's one said this one's better than one and then one said no they're equal and then he said these two are equal and he said no one is better right but in both cases it seems like the idea is um the idea is uh, similar. In other words, they're talking about the, the rain. Rain is an ongoing reminder of the fact that God sustains his creation because it requires that infusion of rain to keep it going, to keep life, to keep life uh, going. And, uh, but, and that's, a, that's the Hashkacha Klalit. And the Hashkacha Pratit manifests itself in or the giving of the Torah. These are divine interventions that are geared towards, you know, specifically addressing human beings and heightening their awareness of God and facilitating their ability to live in accordance with the will of God. So they obviously play a huge role in our relationship with God, but it could be that they are not the ultimate reflection of God's design because they are aberrations from God's design. Because they happen once in history, or they'll happen once in the future. It's a very fascinating thing to, con- to you know, to contemplate. I mean, it's a very interesting topic. Yeah. Um, so the fact that, let's say we have outlined four different themes that we've broken up into two different outlooks. Right. The fact that we go kind of like A to B then to B and then come back to A. Can it be reflecting on the fact that at the end of the day, we're saying anytime you focus on the other point, it will be it will be equally valid. At the end of the day, there's no final answer to which one is more important than the other. But like when you focus on the fact that you focus on the fact that the Kali isn't so valuable to ignore the the individuals who push forward God's plan. Right. That one is valid, but then you focus too much on that idea, you're missing the fact that the whole system needs to be sustained. Right. 
Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of, there's a Rashi that uh, in uh, Parashat Emor where it lists the Chagim. And it mentions in the beginning of the list of the Chagim, it mentions Shabbat, right? And so it says, Elem um, Hashem, Mikrai Kodesh, and the first moed that it mentions is Shabbat, right? So, uh, so the uh, so Rashi brings the Chazal that they say, "Ma in Yan Shabbat etzel moadot." Shabbat is not one of the moadim. So why do you mention Shabbat by the moadot? It's in Parshat Emor. It's in Perak Kav Gimel. It's in Pasuk Gimel. It's in the Rashi. He says, "Lelamidcha." A person who violates the Moadim, it's like he's violating the Shabbat. A person who keeps the Moadim, it's like he's keeping the Shabbat. Meaning to say that this, what is Shabbat? Hashkacha Klalit, the creation, Hasebreshit. What are the Moadim? related to the Jewish people, right? When you're looking at one, you have to be looking at the other one. You, they can't exist separately. If, if you don't uh, appreciate the hashkacha pratit, you're missing a whole segment of the derech uh, Hashem and, and, a, and a, whole, a whole element of it. If you're only looking at the hashkacha pratit, you're missing the klalit. You're, you're, and that's when you get lost in a kind of a, a religious worldview that that rejects the idea of hashkacha klalit. But if you're in the framework of hashkacha klalit and you believe in the creation, but you don't believe in hashkacha pratit, so you're missing a whole component of the der Hashem also. Both of them are, are missing something. They have to complete each other, right? That's like, uh, it makes sense. Each one has to include the other one as a component part. And you see that the Chagim all have a nod to hashkacha klalit. Like Pesach has the Omer, that is, you know, that relates to uh, relates to uh, the nat- you know, nature, and Sukkot is relates to the harvest, and Shavuot also relates to the harvest. So they're connected to Masebreshit uh, also, and they're, you know, so it's 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 sort of inherent in their uh, in the setup of the Chagim that there's always a Zecher to um, to Shabbat, and on Shabbat we always say Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim. So it's, there's a connection between Shabbat and the Chagim, always. They relate to each other. But I think that's a good point. Okay. Now, Rava Arami. Ketiv Yarov ka matar likhi, uchtiv tizal katalim rati. On one hand, it says that my, uh, my teaching will pour down like rain. But then it says it will flow like dew. So what does that tell you? If the Talmir Chacham is a, is, is a good person, he's Hagun, he has good Midot, then you should like stick to him and be with him just like the, the dew, right? You should flow with him like the dew. But if he's, if not, you should uh, literally La'arof usually means to kill somebody, but I don't think it means that here. But the Rashi says, the Rashi that we have says, Horgeho, La'arof means to kill. They're taking it like, uh, even though it's talking about rain, right? So uh, you should knock him down the same way the rain comes down. 
Because he's a bad Talmud Chacham. So you should kill him. What does this mean? I liked it. I saw the Me'iri. I remember the Me'iri has some perushim on these uh, Agador in different places. And he has a book called Chibura Tshuva, which is a very rarely studied book, but it, they just made a reprinting of it. And it's so good. And in there, he mentions this, I remember. And, uh, and he says that, um, he says that the rain is annoying to people. <laughs> So, uh, so if a Tamil Chacham has bad midot, he, you know, then whenever he teaches or interacts, he like grates against the people. They don't want him. He's like rain that, that annoys you. You don't want it to rain because it gets in the way of your life. Whereas a Tamil Chacham who's Hagun, he has a good personality. So then he's like do, which is always present. Do is always there. It's never a bother. It, 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 it exists. In other words, the point is like, okay, so what's the analogy then between do and rain according to that? Do and rain according to that what? The ever-present do versus the annoying rain. What's the, what's the analogy? If the rain can be good, it can also be bad. Do can never be bad. Right. So if the ultimate goal is Kiddush Hashem, let's say, and you have a Tavik Hatam who's supposed to be the representation of Hashem, i.e., disruptive you know like the uh like the dew recedes into the background you don't really even notice it so like a tamir chacham who is hagun it means that he exists seamlessly with the people he's not disruptive to the people he doesn't he doesn't he he's somebody who exists with the people and his benefit is naturally uh, accrues to the people from his presence because of his good midot, as, a per, as opposed to a person who's disruptive. He's like a bombastic type of a person. So sometimes the rain is good, meaning sometimes he might be on the mark and be beneficial, but most of the time people avoid him because, you know, he's, he's too intense, right? So the... Uh, yeah, get rid of him. Yeah. It's English. I don't... It's not a literal prescription. Don't take that... Uh, do not take that too literally um but it's uh the meaning of it is yeah meaning to say he's destructive yeah he's disruptive and destructive he's not whereas the do you're, you're, you're making it light like you're saying this is destructive and therefore it's saying get rid of it yeah okay. i hear yeah so i'm being nicer yeah to kill him is obviously an exaggeration it doesn't mean literally but yeah you're supposed to you're supposed to uh, uh, get, remove such a person because they end up being a chilul Hashem, because they make the Torah be perceived as disruptive and uh, and negative, instead of somebody who's able to coexist with people and provide benefit to people without the disturbance factor. You could kind of compare this to like Eliyahu, Navi, and Elisha. You know, Eliyahu is a bombastic guy. 
He loves fire. The guy loves fire. He's always bringing fire down. For, he burns people with fire all the time. Burns Korbanot with fire. He's a fiery guy. And then you have Elisha, who is sweet and nice, and he kisses his mom and dad goodbye, and he lives with the Isha, you know, he comes and lives with the family. He makes himself scarce. He's not getting in anyone's way. And of course, they love him because of that. He exists with them in a seamless kind of a way. You know? Now we have Tanya. Rabbi, Raya, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi. Huh? We stop only because uh, we haven't had uh, lunch and um, we want to come back for the next two or two. Okay. You want to stop here? <laughs> okay. Um, There's so, much more so to do. What are we... 145? When are we going to meet next? Uh, 130? 130? Yeah, to 130. 8.30 your time? Yeah, okay, no problem. See you then. We're going with Q&A tomorrow morning for you. What time? Is this 9.30 work? 9.30 for you? Yeah. Uh, No, for you you guys, yeah. That would be good. Are you okay with that? 9.30 is good, yeah. Is is your wife okay with that? Yeah, I just go in a different room. Or I'll go in the Mirpesa. It's it's warm here. It's like 67 degrees or something.